Welcome to the One Thing Podcast, where we all get to practice dancing with the one thing that individuals, communities, and countries have yet to try en masse. (laughs) That the one thing is the connection to our higher self, this part of our true self anatomy that people call by various and different names. It doesn't really matter what we call it, but call it call it we must is what I like to say. Our prime directive above all else is to make and constantly return to this connection, to this one thing connection that we call TOT. So if you hear us using that acronym TOT, it means the one thing and it means that address to that part of yourself, that higher presence that each of us have a connection to, uh, especially when we cultivate it. That's what we're referring to when we say taught. And we are having these conversations so that we remember that connecting to the one thing day in and day out as our first step in dealing with anything, with life problems, with health choices, with everything, rather than viewing life problems as the thing that we can solve separately from the one thing. We've, we have found that it, it actually works better when we are connected. <laughs> so in this episode, it's kind of an exciting episode. We're going to talk about the one thing and money uh, and the seeds for what might ultimately become a total money mindset makeover for you, if you're willing. Um, and and uh, and we're going to have to do it probably in a couple of parts. And neither David or I are saying that we know everything about this subject. We but we have read between the two of us dozens and dozens, and we've been in very conscious practice for decades between the two of us. So we're just going to share what we have learned specifically in connection with the one thing. So, um, you know, this isn't necessarily a class about money. These are, you know, just our thoughts, as I just mentioned, and our intention is to offer these considerations and then let you leave or take what resonates and leave behind what doesn't. And um, yeah, and just, you know, let your heart do the talking, if you will. (laughs) And the way our relationship with money has shifted as a result of our relationship with the one thing is, is probably what's most interesting to us in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we're, we're just simply wanting to plant some seeds, as Lori was saying, so that you might initiate a spiritual money mindset makeover for yourself based on what you do and don't resonate with. And so what we are doing in this first part, this episode, because like Lori was saying, there's going to be a follow-up episode, at least one, to this one. And uh, in this one, we we want to lay out what we consider to be our three foundational tot and money principles, principles that integrate the one thing in money. And maybe what I'll do is I'll I'll say what those three things are called, and then how about if we just unpack them one at a time? Yeah, or why don't you talk about the beginner's mind, okay. life energy, your story, and then I'll pick up on that third one in my story. Is that all right? Um, sure. Okay. So the the first of these foundational tot and money principles is beginner's mind. So that's a term you might be familiar with. It's a term whose origins are from Zen Buddhism and 
meditation practice. And the whole notion of beginner's mind is emptying ourselves to the best of our ability of preconceptions and chatter, monkey chatter, you know, the, the chattering script that is going on inside us pretty much perpetually until we disengage from it, pretty much perpetually from roughly nine years old forward, uh, give or take. I would say in the womb. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it probably starts there, but but the evidence is that it doesn't become full time chatter, right? Until, give or take, eight years old, nine right. years old. Yeah, got you. Just the just the influence starts in the womb, and then yes, our, our full connection to the matrix, so to speak. <laughs> right <laughs> around nine. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So that's what we be, mean by beginner's mind. And, and, so, and I, can I just say one thing there? Another way to think about that is to consider that what we've been taught about money isn't correct. What we've been taught about how money works in the world isn't the whole picture. That there are some false beliefs in there. There are some truths. They don't always come together in a good way. And so the idea of emptying our mind to be a beginner's mind is the willingness to consider that uh, there's there's you don't know or I don't know what it, what the truth about money is. Exactly. So the beginning the beginner's mind notion is that this is the starting place for receptivity, and so what we're inviting you to do at least temporarily while you're chewing Play on what yeah. we're and playing with what we're about to present to you is to temporarily set aside everything you've learned about money before and to step into considering the possibility that our higher self, your higher self, my higher self, Lori's higher self, our higher self knows more about money than we do in the context of what is going to unfold in this episode as being a unified field of love. So beginner's mind is just simply that, the the starting place for receptivity where we're choosing to set aside, at least for the time we're chewing on things, our preconceptions, so that we can chew on new information and play with new information in order to determine what fits and doesn't fit for us. Anything else about beginner's mind? Yeah, I would just say, and in order for our higher self to actually um, download more higher truths about money into our awareness, and if our awareness is filled with preconceptions and notions that we've, you know, gathered along our, our life's journey, um, then there isn't space for this new awareness to, to arrive and for us to actually have access to it. Yes. Yes. The second principle, the foundational of these three foundational principles we're covering in, uh, in this episode is money is life energy in a converted form. Now, this is something that when I first came across it in the 1980s, it blew my mind. It really blew me away. This whole notion of money as life energy in a converted form. And I first tapped into that frame of reference, that, that way of looking at money at that point in the 1980s through a book 
called your money or your life. Mm -hmm. And so the one thing taught is the one thing that permeates every aspect of life. And keeping that in mind, that's the only way to cultivate receptivity and wealth that can, at least in one of its many forms, manifest as money. And the reason that I'm saying that is because all of us have 100% of our life energy available to us. And we allocate our life energy on a day-to-day -day and week-to-week -week and month-to-month -month and year-to-year -year basis based on our own choices. And so one of the ways that we convert life energy is uh, or utilize life energy is by converting it into money. It is not the only way that we utilize life energy. So money is not all of our life energy in a converted form. It is portions of our life energy in a converted form. And what I want to offer before I turn this back over to Lori is my definition of money, which is transmuting the infinite abundance of spirit into a worldly form by converting into currency the purpose-driven portions of my life energy that I choose to devote to making purchases, investments, and donations. Nice. Should I maybe say that again? Sure. Yeah. Because punchy. That's, yeah. It, it is. And it's, <laughs> it's packing an awful lot into a yeah. single sentence. Yeah. <clears throat> my definition of money has become transmuting the infinite abundance of spirit into a worldly form by converting into currency, currency meaning money, the purpose-driven portions of my life energy that I choose to devote to making purchases, investments, and donations. Right. And if, if you'll allow me, I, I, I could say that another way and you correct me any parts of it, but transmuting means transforming. So we're talking about taking the energy of spirit, which is the unseen aspect of our anatomy, and co-creating with that part of ourselves by intention and clarity and focus in and through us as the instrument and turning it into a form that is exchangeable. And then by conscious choice making, we use that exchange that we call money in our system to make our choice, make our purchases, make our investments and that sort of thing. So it really is a very elegant re re reciprocal exchange between the unseen and the seen energetically as life, as life, because life is alive and so is money. And so our relationship to that life matters when it comes to our relationship to money. And this is why our relationship to the one thing is vital and, and permeates all things in a life as a human being, right? Is there anything else you'd want to say about that before I go on? Yeah. For me, there is a nuanced difference between transformation and transmuting. So transformation for me implies um, growth and uh, evolution. And transmuting for me implies converting something energy 
that is in one form into energy that's in another form. Basically, yeah, energy can neither be created nor des destroyed, but it can change its form. So sure. there's that nuance difference between transformation and transmuting. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Okay, so, um, so the third principle or the third consideration, I, I think it's actually more appropriate to call it a consideration because <laughs> we're in a loose conversation so that you can take what, you know, it's like a buffet, you take what you want, leave what you don't want. Um, I, I know that for myself, I, I had to completely rearrange my relationship with money. Um, before I, I had a relationship with money where it sort of, um, it made me feel like there was not enough. It made me feel like I had to work hard, like I had to, you know, drive, slave drive myself to just make ends meet and to barely get by. And, and then I realized some number of years ago, huh, that feels and smacks very much like the patriarchal system, you know, of, of, um, uh, well, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> no, no, let's not. Let's let's okay. make sure that that's understood to be okay. the shadow okay. or dysfunctional expression of masculine consciousness. Right. Well, it, yeah, I, I'm actually talking about a system more than a than the masculine consciousness. So, in my mind, the patriarchal system is a system that got set up for over many thousands of years. That even call the matrix that where we drop into the system we're programmed with certain beliefs like we're not enough we're unworthy you know we see this all the time there are some small percentage of people that have a lot of money and then there's you know supposedly a middle class that seems to be disappearing and then a large number of people who have very little and there's hunger and there's all the um the sufferings of the world if you will so that to me is a system that it doesn't revere life and so did you want to say anything more about that before I move on? No, no, I'm with you on that. I'll yeah. say some things a little later in this yeah. section. So I had to say, huh, okay, so if the entire fabric of the universe is love, then I need to relocate my, my um, ideas and my, my perspectives and my perceptions and my understanding and my relationship with money to that unified field that is the fabric of love and take it out of the patriarchal system so that I was no longer interfacing with those, that paradigm and those, those programmed beliefs. Now that wasn't a flip of a switch. You know, I, I've worked on that for years and I'm still, you know, working on it, although it's gotten a lot, a lot better. And what I've noticed is that it, it has, it, it really is a difference between, you know, maybe a, a, a masculine and a feminine. So the high side of masculine is about, uh, is about providing and it's about light and it's about protecting life and it's about divine alignment with divine will and the high side of the feminine is nourishment and nurturance and and reverence for life and those kinds of things i mean that's that's not exhaustive by any means those are just tip of the icebergs and for the sake of our moving ourselves along here and i i i asked the feminine aspect of the source of life to teach me about how to be receptive to the abundance and good that is the birthright of every single human being because that's not what we're taught right and yet i know that it's 
the the truth of who I am. So I had to, you know, begin the process of peeling away the layers of of these old programs and beliefs, and um, and, and stop scratching and clawing and grasping in the channels of the world and and bring my focus to the channel of my higher presence and allow that channel to teach me and to supply me with everything that I need. And, you know, I, I like the idea of saying everything I require and desire. So now, do I desire a Tesla and don't have it yet? Yes. <laughs> I'm working on that one. <laughs> but I'm not saying this is all, you know, zipped up. I'm just saying this is the process of, of understanding and learning. <laughs> so the other thing is that there's this idea that we have this ingrained psychology that needs to be healed. And that ingrained psychology that needs to be healed is that everything is limited. And actually money is asking us and the healing of the planet is asking us, our own bodies are asking us, our minds are asking us to consider that everything is unlimited not limited. And that is only possible when we're connected to the source of all life, because it's the source of all life that is truly unlimited. So when we're disconnected, of course, everything feels limited. When we're connected, we get, we get to begin to feel, even if it's subtle, it, 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 that builds in time. It creates a momentum of knowing from the inside out that, oh my gosh, it, 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 life is unlimited. Look what happened last year after lockdown, after just two, three, four, five, six weeks of lockdown in the, you know, across the world, how mother nature healed, how her powers of regeneration and healing showed herself to us, which we have the same capacities in our own body. And, and we have the same capacities with all the resources available to us as a human being, including money. If we abstain from the pollution that we do to ourselves inwardly with screwy attitudes about money. Right. Exactly. That's exactly right. So um, I think that's, that's, that's uh, the long and the short of it. <laughs> okay. Then what I'll add, because I'm, of course, totally on board with, uh, with what you're saying is about uh, just going one step further about money blocking. You see, when, when we start with a premise that says that money is asking us as a tool of love to treat it as limitless because our higher presence is limitless and the channels through which our higher presence can express itself are limitless. What that leads to is for me an awareness that the, the old cliche that money creates wealth is totally completely backwards. Money does not create wealth. Wealth creates money. The wealth of spirit, the wealth of our light yeah. and bringing forth the, the gifts that come through our connection with the one thing, those limitless gifts, those are our wealth. Wealth creates money not the other way around. Yes. Yes. And that's your, that's your punchy uh, paragraph about how when we transmute that, which isn't true about money and we become the instrument of this higher life force, um, then we, we don't, 
money is, is a, is a natural byproduct of that. I have a, um, Oh, I have a lot of things I, I, I embed into my consciousness and I rewire my brain for. And one of them is that money is a new earth tool that supports higher dreams and visions. And it is not an old earth oppressive presence. So that's another way of saying I'm taking money out of the old patriarchal construct and I'm moving it into the fabric of love. And I'm, I'm giving my relationship to money to love as an exchange, a constant exchange of, of love. Every time I receive, save, and then spend money, it is done as much as I can consciously remember uh, it, as an exchange of love. And that there's no way to be controlled by anything that I bless and release to its highest function, which in my world is always going to be the function of love. So that's just a that's just a rewiring that changes my relationship to money that, you know, if that speaks to you, then take it. <laughs> yeah. And bef uh, as we kind of transition into our takeaways, I want to offer something that you and I didn't note as a takeaway, mm -hmm. but it's connected to what we're talking about right now. And that would be for you, for, for you, the listener, to sit yourself down in, in a quiet, soothing place for, you know, a fairly brief period of time and ask yourself the question that if you are already endowed with multiple wealths from the source of all things, first part of the question is, what are all of those wealths that you already have been endowed with? And the second question is, of all of those wealths, which of those do you feel most called to convert into money? So that's, that's um, an exercise to consider doing if you resonate with it. Mm -hmm. And with that, let's, uh, shall we move into the, our yeah. Yeah. preconceived takeaways? Uh, yeah. So uh, th with these takeaways, we're, what we're proposing to you is that if this is new to you, if this reframing around money is new to you, pick one uh, or two of these so you don't blow yourself out, you know, uh, don't, don't try to do all of them at once. Whereas if this territory is already somewhat familiar to you, you might be able to practice all of them right out of the gate. But don't try to do that if trying to do all of these is overwhelming. Uh, pick one, get good at it, then yeah. add the next one. Absolutely. That's the best way to do it. Otherwise, you'll just throw your hands up and, and, and throw it all out the window. And that, you know, that doesn't serve anything, really. The other thing I would say is that, you know, anytime we, we challenge old, uh, old, uh, beliefs, there's going to be some pushback initially from our mind. And um, I, I, the way our I critic our ego, yep. yeah, our, our lower human mind that's disconnected, who doesn't know who doesn't trust who is afraid who feels the, the lack and the limitation of the system, right. And that's all very normal and natural. And, you know, I would, I would offer that the most compassion you can have with that part of yourself, the most acceptance 
you know, setting aside judgment, allowing that part of yourself to have a tantrum if it needs to, and then setting it aside and say, I hear you. And we're going to play with these practices anyway, right? Um, so one of the first ones is, is, is actually quite simple, but it isn't always necessarily um, easy to remember. Yeah. <laughs> And a lot of it's just about remembering, because honestly, when we have old brain tracks, so these would be the old belief systems that are entrenched in our brain and our neural pathways, they will always get our attention until we do the work of redirecting, 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 forging new pathways, creating new neural pathways. And that, that's our work as a human being. That's what neuroplasticity teaches us. So the first one is appreciating everything you already have. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're wealthy in many ways and your appreciation for everything you see about you, um, every breath of air you breathe, every bite of food you take, every connection to every human, all the things, right? Your appreciation for those will expand them exponentially. And you can also, sorry. I'm sorry. You can also begin the practice of appreciating that which you're co-creating with your higher self, meaning that which you wish to bring into your world that you may not currently have or that you'd wait, you wish to increase more of what you currently have. Appreciate it ahead of time. That's like a, um, a runway, so, so to speak. It kind of greases the, how, do you, how would you say that? Greases, huh? greases the skids. Is the yeah, greases the skids. <laughs> appreciation remember that it just makes it for like to be a slip and slide faster to you if you will right and what i was going to add was those of you who are watching or listening to this who've been exposed to my framing around money you've heard me refer to this as what laurie was just talking about as multi-dimensional wealth right we have wealth that goes way beyond portions of our life energy that we've converted into money. We have health wealth, relationship wealth, uh, just Nature there's a, wealth. Yeah. a limitless range of forms of wealth. And it's crucial that we become really conscious of and embracing of all of those multidimensional wealths that we have. And being in, a, in an appreciative relationship with all of those multidimensional forms. Indeed. And that leads, leads us to the second takeaway that we want to invite you to consider playing with, which is what we were, uh, well, just taking this an, another step forward to practice remembering that every exchange of money, whether it's money you're receiving or money you are providing in exchange for whatever you're getting with that money, that every exchange of money is an exchange of love. First and foremost, an exchange of love. Imagine, you know, sometimes we just have to think these things through. If the entire fabric of the universe is made of love and we're exchanging love constantly and we're loving money as, as a tool for that exchange, don't you think more of it would run to us? <laughs> That's how I tend to sort of work some of those things out in my own mind. So, and then the next uh, takeaway or the invitation, again, picking one or two or, you know, however many you can handle without uh, blowing a fuse is to practice joyful receptivity. And this idea of receptivity is, I, I really had to work this one out in my own mind. 
if I am focused on what I don't have and worried about what isn't coming in and, you know, then my, my chalice, if you will, is, isn't receptive. There's not room in there to receive light and, and opportunities and pathways to um, transmute uh, spirit into, into into energy, into, into the form of money, because that, that bowl or that chalice is filled. It's like, if you have a glass and you, you really want a glass of pure water, but you have dirt in your glass and then you pour the pure water. Well, you got the pure water, but you also now have mud. Are you going to want to drink that? It, I, that's just one way of considering if that speaks to you, how your, your mind, your, your brain tracks, your, your heart, it, it, it is best, it, it, it is most receptive when it's emptied. This is the beginner's mind thing. When it's emptied of our worries, emptied of our doubts, emptied of our uh, mistrust that, that money is actually here on the planet to serve and protect us, create beauty for us, to care for us, to provide for us. I mean, we have to create that relationship in order for our receptivity um, vessel to be open in order to receive. And one of the, and this isn't always easy, but one of the um, ways of being receptive is by being joyful. And one of the ways to access joy is by being grateful. So all these kind of tie together when we're appreciative and grateful, we feel more of the, the frequency, the vibration, the, the um, presence of joy. And when we have that presence at our fingertips, then we can, we can cultivate a receptivity for our higher presence to be, to trusting our higher presence, to having faith in our higher presence, to be sending forth everything we need. Yeah, that is a practice. Indeed. And uh, the only add on I would offer is that practicing joyful receptivity is also what enhances our capacity to convert life energy into money, at least with the portions of our life energy that we're called to do that with. Mm -hmm. Yes, true. And so, you know, the the hard work, basically, is is simply a matter of persistence and grit and um, essentially being disciplined. And what I mean by being disciplined is that every time we slip back into the old mindset, and we do, uh, we meaning Lori and I have our moments of slipping back into our old programmed unhelpful mindsets around money, and we don't think we're alone in that potential to do that. So the, the, the discipline is that every time we do slip back to return to receptivity and to reactivate our willingness to be shown what's true about money instead of the old earth oppressive system about money that got embedded into the fabric of cultures around the world and individuals like us inside of those cultures. Right. And just be aware, be on guard, maybe is another way to say it, that your lower human mind will, will, um, will have you think that you're tending this in the right ways, but if you're disconnected from your higher presence, 
you're just you're just recycling old energy, thinking that you're getting somewhere. I, I know I've done this a gazillion times. So my very first stop when I feel like, uh oh, something's off track is I, I reconnect and I ask and I ask to be shown and I I command, I literally use my personal will to command this connection and to call forth what is true about however, whatever it is I'm thinking about the current um, money situation, you know, and there's, it, it, I mean, money permeates everything, right? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of work here. <laughs> there's a lot of playground available. Um, but I can guarantee you that if you're willing to do the work and make it as lighthearted as you can, um, it will pay the return on investments on investment will be great to use some uh, investment terms. <laughs> <laughs> and what I want to underline in what you were saying just now, Lori, is that the command is the command to reconnect with the one thing, to reconnect with the source of all wealth, to reconnect with the receptivity. It's not the command to money. Right. The money is the symptom, the outgrowth, the impact, the effect. It's not the cause. We're talking about realigning our relationship money at the level of what causes money to appear. To flow into any one given life, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Anything else before I... Do no, I, I would just want to underline what you just said. Uh. <laughs> Triple underline here <laughs> is that... It, it's very easy because of how programmed we are to think that the effect is is the place to work at. And, and as David just said, that 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 will probably lead us into a, a corner every time. So go to the cause, go to your roots, go to your source, go to your alignment, go to your center, go to your very strong connection. And from there, call forth that which is your abundant birthright. And, and I guess... I guess I will underline the underline that underlined because, <laughs> <It's all laughs> because <nice. laughs> the thing that I want to add to that is just uh, an acknowledgement that any of us can look around and see certain individuals who have amassed a huge amount of money that have in the process of doing that outside of connection with the one thing have amassed a lot of illness, a lot of distress in their cherished relationships um a uh, or just completely eliminated their blocks irrespective of their consciousness their blocks yeah like they they just don't have any blocks to money flowing into their life whether they're a conscious and good person or not oh gotcha right yeah. right and that is uh, that exists but that's not the relationship with commanding that right. which creates money that you that Lori and i are Agreed. Wanting to impress upon you. Yes, very well. <laughs> so next episode is going to be a continuation of Tot and Money, the three foundational principles or considerations that we touched on in this episode. Again, by way of quick review, uh, they were beginner's mind, money is life energy in a converted form, and wealth through receptivity. Um, that uh, these are the tip of the iceberg. And so in the next episode, we're going to delve into more dimensions around money and that spiritual 
um, uh, precondition to right relationship with money that we haven't touched on yet in this episode. So until next time, remember to dance with your better half, the one thing. Thank you.